some other places, but four onics, and I'll put this link downstairs. Downstairs. <laughs> we'll put the put it in the description. Is that what you meant? Or the oh, yeah, let's put it there. That works better than downstairs because you know downstairs. I don't have a downstairs here anyway. So, oh, I'm impressed that you got it there. Yeah. Let <laughs> <laughs> the foundation put it in there. Like father, like son. Just two regular guys that love to distro hop. Not too technical or even bleeding edge. But functional and necessary for getting things done. In Linux and open source. Join us as we learn together. On the Father and Son Podcast. Well, welcome to episode three of Like Father, Like Son Linux Review Podcast. I'm Father. I'm Son. <laughs> and this is our review podcast. And today we're going to be reviewing Cache OS, which is a, a fairly new uh, Arch-based Linux that um, is getting popular because of its speed and it's really easy to use. So we thought we'd go ahead and try it out. Of course, we didn't know all that beforehand. We just randomly picked it off uh, and decided to go with it. So yeah, and that's the way it goes, you know. We've been thoroughly impressed with the speed. I mean, yeah, um, really great um, operating system thus far, and look forward to explaining a little more. <laughs> a little bit more time with it. Yeah, uh, the title of this podcast is "Cashing In on Cache OS." So I wanted to uh, say, <laughs> is there any corrections from the last episode? That I can think of, not at this moment. Was there one that you thought of? Or no, saw? I did not, but I always like to keep that there so we can always go back and say, hey, by the way, we said this. We actually meant this. You know, yeah. Sometimes you have to explain a little bit better. Or, you know, someone got back in and, and commented on that, and you know they're right. And we're, <laughs> we had that wrong, so let's get that correction in there. So What we've done in the last couple of weeks in Linux, or open source or computer, you know, IT in general, um, what have you done? Well, first we went on vacation. You knew that because yeah. you were there. We went and celebrated <laughs> JTs. That's be JT the third, the fourth, the fourth rather, <laughs> the fourth. And he uh, he had a birthday party, so we went to Fort Worth and they did the the Wolf Lodge, and uh, we were doing other stuff. But when we got back, I was messing with a MacBook, a 2015 MacBook Pro that I'm playing with right now. Yeah, yeah, you're using it right now, and uh, it was a dual boot that I put on there, and I put Zorin on. And Zorin, for some reason, I don't know what it was, it, it was just annoying. It wasn't making it where it wasn't useful or anything like that. But you come in, and wherever that mouse pointer was, <laughs> it would make an imprint, if you would, of that mouse pointer right there in the middle of that screen, almost like a wallpaper. And then you turn around, and you're moving your mouse around. You can move your mouse around anywhere you wanted, right? But then you keep going back to that pointer because it's right there in the middle of the screen, and that's not where your mouse was, and you're moving your mouse around somewhere anyway. Needs to say, there's nothing wrong with Zorin. Zorin's a good product. Uh, it's uh, more of a, uh, I guess, uh, Ubuntu, Debian type based, and uh, uh, you can pay for it. And the cool thing, what I was trying to do at first is, you know, I knew that Zorin, since I already purchased it a long time ago, it has one of those uh, things you can change the desktop, you know, on the fly, if you will. Yeah, it makes so, it look like a Mac or Windows. And that's what or... I was going for, that Mac look. You know, I wanted to be up there at the coffee shop working on something, and someone come up there and like, uh... Is that Mac or like, 
what is, what is going on? And gives you a chance to talk about, hey, have you ever heard of Linux? <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly. Actually, I recall one time I was at South Plains and I had an HP and I can't remember what laptop it was, but it was silver. Quite literally looks like a Mac aside from the big HP logo there. And um, I was running elementary OS. Oh, on yeah. It. And that kind of looks like a Mac, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. some guy came over and was like, is that a Mac? I was like, no, this is a Windows laptop running a Mac lookalike Linux operating system. <laughs> and, and they're kind of like, uh, what, uh, what'd you say? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, anyway, so I decided to go ahead and uh, change that up. So I found Mint and went ahead and put Mint on there. Uh, Linux Mint is a real, pretty, I mean, really solid uh, Linux operating system. It's mostly, I think, uh, I don't know, I, I hate to put this in that category, but that's, you know, if someone's wanting to start on Linux, I usually say use Linux Mint because it has all the extra apps in there. It has right. all the extra drivers. It has everything ready to go. And for someone that's coming over from Windows... It's a small learning curve. Yeah, or even Mac for that matter. It's they don't have to learn it. So, so I don't want them to come in and think, oh my gosh, I gotta do all these things and I can't fit at Linux, it's just too hard and close it up. And we've all done that. I mean we really have. Uh get kind of fed up and came back to it. But Linux is so much better nowadays than it used to be, so much more user friendly. Mint's part of that. I'm not so when I say I want it, you know, it's good for beginners, I'm not saying it's a beginning Linux. Yeah. No. I know there's people that can be, be using Mint and been using Mint all along, probably know a lot more about Linux than I ever will. And uh, they're doing well with it. Why Why mess with it if it's working perfect on your machine, you know? Exactly. I actually installed Linux Mint on one of my friend's grandmother's PCs. Perfect. Yes. And my grand, uh, my, this grandmother, she unfortunately had a, I think it was a Windows xp laptop or well after um they dropped support for it and it was just running terribly slow so i looked into it i tried to uh, make it as fast as possible uh wasn't able to get too much out of it so decided all right what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna back up all the photos all the documents over to a hard drive and um install linux mint on it and then i made it as close to windows (laughs) as i possibly could because most of them are just going to be opening up a browser yeah, exactly. and going out there, you know, maybe email if they're doing their email yep. off of a client, you're bringing that in, or you know, they could be using their email off the browser, and maybe uh, they might use Microsoft Word, which you know, then they'll be using maybe LibreOffice or something right. like that. Then get used to the menus being a little bit different area. That's perfect, and it went smoothly. You know, even when I introduced her to it. It wasn't a big learning curve. I did have to tell her that this is a Linux operating system, so your EXE files aren't probably going to run all that easily. Not that she needed it. She's just like, all I need is the browser. We're good. <laughs> right. So uh, the, <laughs> let the friend know, hey, it's got Linux on. It's not Windows. You're not going to be able to do the same. I mean, the only thing that'd be cool to add to that, if you can, is putting like a login script to do an update. So when it comes in, it'll update every once in a while. I didn't think about that at the time. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You're, you're not that, not but, wrong there. But that'd be that'd be a neat thing to do at that point, you know. So actually, speaking about it, um, Cache OS is at least on mine is updating every restart. Really? At the end, I did not notice of that. Yeah, oh, that's so cool. I, I've enjoyed that. It's like, hey, this is nice. So it's downloading it 
probably in the background here. Right. And then whenever I shut it down, it's updating it right then. That's pretty cool. So the only trouble I really had with the Mint was a little bit to do with the Bluetooth, and I had to reinstall the Bluetooth. Now, here's one thing, of course, with Mint, your printer works just fine. It looks right up. It's right there. You don't have to go out and install it. Sometimes with the arch stuff that you're using, you have to go out there and do all the, the work. And like I said, the the wireless card and the printers. That's always a challenge for me. Anyway, so uh, it disenabled. I, I re-enabled it and stuff like that. And after a couple times, it seemed to did fine. But I was missing my K runner. Yeah. Which that's where you can click on the desktop anywhere. You start typing like the app that you want to open up, it'll come up there and you can hit return and go in. You can do like define a word, it'll go do a define a word, it'll give you suggestions out on the web stuff sometimes. And so I kind of gotten that used to that. I probably need to break that a little bit here and there so I can do some other uh desktop environments, but I really love that. So needless to say, I went ahead and put Kubuntu on there so I can have my KDE Plasma and Ubuntu, which I knew was would work on the this uh, older Macintosh, if you will. <laughs> but it's a Mac, uh, MacBook Pro OS, now MacBook Pro, uh, MacBook Pro. So what do you call it now? So I call it my Kubuntu-tosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the age that we used to have the Macintosh that sat on the little yep. lap, uh, on top of your desk and stuff like that. But anyway, the Kubuntu-tosh. So uh, it had Bluetooth problems too, so I reinstalled that. Uh, I'll let you guys know it's just like sudo app install dash dash reinstall, and I have this whole long uh, script to put in the command line. But I can put that down in the notes for you guys to look at if you want to look at that. So, so then, okay, can't leave well enough alone, right? <laughs> so I was trying to load DaVinci Resolve on there to do some editing. Uh, I usually use uh, DaVinci Resolve. I don't always use DaVinci Resolve, but sometimes I do. Mm -hmm. And I like to use, um, what's the other one? It's a uh, Caden Live. Yeah. And Caden Live's pretty strong too. So, but everybody talks about DaVinci Resolve and I've used it a little bit. So I wanted to see if I can load that there. And it was having troubles, I guess, with the graphics. Now you can load that on the MacBook Pro with Mac OS and have no problems whatsoever. So I know the hardware can do it. Right. So I was thinking maybe it was the graphics thing. So I tried to update the graphics and yeah, then when I try to update it, now keep in mind, Kubuntu comes in with probably every graphics thing you need, even if you're doing it on AMD or on NVIDIA. So I knew that. I just was trying to get there, right? And so when I came back to log in, it would lock up before you get to your login. And, you know, you have that little blinking thing over there. And the cursor. Yeah. So I came back in in the safe mode. And supposedly you can just uninstall it by doing this on your command line. Command line. And you do that and it doesn't do it. <laughs> and you do other things and you can't do it. So after, you know, after you're spending 30, 40, 50, 60, you know, <laughs> minutes and stuff, you start beginning, you know, would it be faster for me just to reinstall it and bring everything in depending on how deep you are in that install? So that's what I did. And Kubuntu Tosh is alive. It's alive. <laughs> so how do you like the Kubuntu Tosh? Um, I'm liking it. It's pretty nice. It's uh, I love the display, but I think that's Mac only there. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, no, that that's what got me to get this XPS as well. It's because you know they had that. It wasn't just a 1080 display. 
And, you know, Macs have that. It drives me nuts that they have this beautiful screen all the time and stuff. You know, the gaming, you know, their gaming isn't as good. I hate that, you know, because they have the equipment to do it. Right. It just drives me nuts on that. But, man, beautiful screens. And there's other things you might talk about throughout here that we like about Macs, if you will. But, you know, you always come back and remind me. <laughs> you know, because I keep saying, well, why can't? Windows or the Windows devices, these PCs, these Dells and these HPs and these Asus and all that stuff come in with that as well. And then you always have to remind me, well, you're not going to spend $1,300 to $2,000 for those laptops. If you're going to spend $1,300 to $2,000 for those laptops, it'll be a pretty nice laptop for Asus and HPs. And I would Dells. say that the other part of that is that um, Mac makes their um, devices very similar every single yeah. time so they know that they have a certain set of hardware that is not going to change and they can build their operating system around that which makes Correct. it much faster when you get into faster, windows stable. linux um any other operating system out there you are working with building a operating system or a game or a program across a lot of different hardware and so it's not going to be as smooth necessarily but um that doesn't mean that you can't get the feel right. of a mac on something else so let's just get this out of the way we, we like the screen on the the, the laptops and macbook pros we like the touchpad it's kind of like a glass touchpad beautiful yep. very sensitive i even like the keyboard on those things they're really nice and we like the battery life on it it seems to be have something down with that we don't like the fact you're not allowed to change anything whatsoever <laughs> it is so integrated though. yeah so okay i i like the eight gigabytes but i want more i want 16 gigabytes well buy a new product buy a new product <laughs> and i'm not talking about just buying the memory to no. pick up the bag. so even up to these last ones you know like made that 2015 there you can actually change out the solid state drive to a bigger solid state drive that that's actually a big step for for yeah. apple stuff you know so that's one of the things we don't like about. In fact, if we think about it, me and you, if we got hooked up on the Mac stuff to start with instead of the Windows stuff to start with, I don't know if we would ever got to Linux or do anything like that. And that's not to see we were we wouldn't have been interested in other stuff. We just would have stayed there because you couldn't mess with the insides of the PC, if you will. This is fair. I would agree. I mean, it was that being able to mess with the inside of the PC and change out the memories and and change out the chips back in the day and you get this motherboard and you build your 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 tower and all that fun stuff you get to do and the oh I get to do this and know how and know how it works. I think that's what drives us, me and you, people like us. You know, we have this technology, if you will, but but it's really we have this curiosity. <laughs> yeah, I recall when you wanted to build your first PC straight from scratch. You know, buying. All the parts, yeah. not pre-built. Um, we actually went and got bought individual case, parts. Got, it got took the like, board, got the CPU, got the memory. Got it took the about six drive. months to purchase everything. Yeah. Because so, you wanted to do it in steps so it wasn't a big hit on the paycheck. And it's still going to be cheaper. Yeah. In and the, the video, at that point, you had to buy your, your uh, Windows operating system, if you will. We didn't have, we weren't thinking much Linux in that day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and that was fun. But how much did we learn? You know, that's the trick, you know, and, and then we weren't scared to break into the computers. Break-in sounds like 
In <laughs> <laughs> offense, uh, you'd rest for it, but you, you would, you know, open up your case and, and change things out. Now we do it just without thinking. I remember, you know, you had this static board, static thing, on, you know, so you don't short out, you know, yeah. don't, don't kill anything. And, and to be honest, you now just should. Give me that screwdriver. <laughs> okay, so to be honest, if you live somewhere that you have a lot of static electricity, you absolutely want to put yourself on a static board and yeah. have that risk. And at the uh, very, very least, discharge before you start going into it. Goes and destroys the whole energy of excitement of the no, unknown. No, no. <laughs> I'm not I'm not destroying it. I'm preventing somebody else from yeah. destroying no, the PC. And, and he's absolutely right. You you got you know discharge that stack to start with. Anyway, Kabuka Tosh is alive, the Mac OS works great. In fact, I, I was telling Jamie the only problem I really have on it is when I went to the print screen. You know, there it's is no not. print screen on a Mac keyboard. And and see, what they do is they use something like uh, Command-Alt-3, I guess, or something like that to, to make a screen. So, so it's more of a software thing than a hardware thing that they do. So I actually had to get another app, and I think it's called Screenshot. <laughs> so I could do a screen thing, you know, wait two seconds or three seconds or whatever it is. So that's what I was doing. That was kind of fun. The other thing, So what were you doing the last couple of weeks, Jamie, that kind of... In the computer area, IT, open source, Linux, or anything above. Well, um, besides playing around with Cache OS, which we'll talk about a little bit more here right. um, momentarily, I've been using Habatica. Um, this is a online to-do gamified um, productivity um, application. And they have an API. This is um, what that means is an application programming interface, or you can think of it as a set of instructions built directly from the programmer itself so that other programmers or users can utilize it to interact with that program without having to know its source code. So it makes it a little bit easier. Right. Okay. Um, this API you know, allows other people to create th third-party applications. So I was able to create some automation scripts using Google Scripts so that um, they can help me do some of the repetitive or mundane tasks. Um, one of these things is, like I said, it's gamified, so they have skills with your for your character, which is kind of fun. And um, your party can go on a quest, and so you can face bosses, or you can go and find items. And so something. I thought you said this was work. Yeah, it is work. Okay, <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not vid like um, the video games you play on, where you're yeah. you're going and hacking and slashing at the the boss. No, this is by completing tasks. You right. find so it's kind of like being that next generation. They're used to these things on their, yeah. their little apps on their games and stuff like that on their devices, and and you get rewards for this, and you can use those coins to buy this, and you get another puzzle, another this, or another exactly. That's yeah. exactly what it is. So um, one of those tasks that I always forget is to um, buff my party, um, especially when we're doing boss fights. So I have a literally an app script that will go in once a day. And we'll cast that um, party buff for us, so I don't have to remember. What? <laughs> cheating, is it? It's not cheating. You know, I'm using resources that are available to me that I understand and know how to work with. Um, I also use a macro. This is a, a programmer script that will type for you, usually. Um, it's called Type It In. And unfortunately, it is a closed source um, application. I use it mostly at work. Uh, I also um, went ahead and purchased it and uh, use it at home as well. And it's unfortunately a Windows only <laughs> application. So 
Um, again, mostly for work, but it has a certain syntax or set of rules or grammar, uh, much like a programming language. So I go actually and create some, um, I have created some type-it-ins for Habatica because there are some tasks that I do at work repetitively enough that I do not want to have to go in and add each of those tasks manually or um, what have you. This also allows it to be more, um, what do they call it, consistent. So, you know, every time I have those 14 tasks under this one um, to-do and it, before I might have 12, I might have 13, I might have 15, but now it's always 14. I don't have to worry about right. that. Right. So, um, but that's fun. Um, that's something I enjoy because I do enjoy programming. So getting to do that, even for my coworkers occasionally, I have them come up to me and I was like, hey, uh, I want to be able to do this. Do you think typing can do that? And I was like, yes or no, or um, let me see what I can do about it. Um, which actually came to implement the program that I talked about last time that I was built for my coworkers. One of my coworkers wanted to upload these Word files to our um, application out there, on, and it's on a website. He was asking, can type it in and do that? Unfortunately, because you can't interact with the web page very well um, for what we need to do using the keyboard only, right. that's not possible. So I investigated it further and was able to find, you know, an alternative using Python, which I'm familiar with. Right. <laughs> so let's go ahead and first and foremost kind of talk about what Cache OS. And by their own description, Cache OS is designed to deliver lightning fast speeds, stability, um, ensuring a smooth and enjoyable computing experience every time you use it. Whether you're a seasoned Linux user or just starting out, Cache OS is the ideal choice for those looking for a powerful, customizable and blazing fast operating system. And so far, yeah. I think it delivers on every one of these points yeah. here. So what makes the Cache OS different? Well, it says it utilizes its own repositories. It includes its own modified and optimized kernels. It offered better compatibility for NVIDIA and also AMD cards. It employs its own method to detect those graphics cards. It prioritizes the resources for games and programs, so it's using them at the right time at the right place. It supports multiple bootloaders, including Grub and Refine and SystemD, all the boots you want to use. Uh, and Cache OS can also uh, warn against risky updates in the terminal, and that might save people, especially when things get an early release because of Arch, and they may not got tested as much. So, all right. Anyway, so we'll be sure to put this in there, but it's a uh, Foronix, I think, dot com, and he was doing the benchmarks of Ubuntu and Cache OS, and uh, was the other one I said Clear Linux was one of them. Clear Linux, yeah. And uh, there was a couple others that he did, and I'm not saying that. One was a lot faster or getting things done, but as far as first place finishes, it was something like uh, Cache OS had like 30% to 35%, somewhere in that area. The next closest was, I think, uh, Ubuntu or Fedora or one of those, and it was down in the single digits. Clear Linux, for some reason, had more than any of them. Uh, in the 50% range. So what we'll may look at clearly on this one these days. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe we need to add that or list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, as far as the terms, what they're claiming to be faster and cleaner and quicker and all that stuff, it, it meets that. Okay, yeah, so does. Um, why don't you go ahead and talk about their support a little bit. So um, support, and again, community with Linux is impressive, okay? Yeah. Um, I have never, ever, I mean, even 
with Arch. I've had, you know, people say the Arch user user base is the worst. Well, I and, haven't actually experienced and, that any, but... And what, they, what they mean is the people themselves, not right. the information. Correct. So let's clarify that. You know, they, they have the information out there, but some guys, and I don't know what it is, you know, there's... It seems like some of the distros you work with, there's just friendly people all over the place. Some of the distros, I don't know if it's because they're wanting to be acting that way or not, or elitist or something. But you know, yeah, yeah that's true of anywhere, anywhere yes. you go. Yes. You can sports fans. I, I kid you well, not. You, okay, you get yeah. Into the, <laughs> Especially around this time of year. Yeah. Go KC. <laughs> that's a, that's not. Of course, um, by the time this is out there, we'll know whether or not KC goes not. <laughs> anyway. Um, the support in the community is awesome, okay? You yeah. can connect with the Cache OS team and their community through many different channels. There's Discord, um, which yeah. we've talked about. We have our own um, kind of a platform where you guys can message and interact right. and talk. And they have um, actual voice chat rooms as well where you can join right. in and um, talk to people. Telegram, which is just kind of like a um, instant messaging um, thing. Matrix, which I have never used. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even heard of it. Um, and, of course, they have a forum. A forum is a good space as well. Um, it allows you to put in a lot more information all at once. Right, right. Um, it gives you time to think out your answer before replying, you know. And it gives other people a big chance to reply in their own um, terms and time as well. So, um, if you're looking for something where you need to post a bunch of source code or <laughs> terminal right, output... Right. Forums are probably your best bet. Discord, you could do that. But they do have a character limit, so at some point, you're going to have to cut some of that off to send the message and then send an extra message to have that information there as well. Okay, as far as desktop environments, the one of those areas, you know, they're just really limited in it. They just, uh -huh. I already, they don't have any at all. I mean, gee, looking down this list, they only have KDE Plasma and Cutefish and i3 and GNOME and OpenBox and Wayfire and XFCE, XLQT, BSPWM, Cinnamon, UKUI, Hyperland, Budgie, LXDE, Matt or Mate, <laughs> and Qtile. So, I mean, I wish they had more for us to choose from. <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> really small group, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, as far as what goes on your live uh, flash or your thumb drive, uh, you know, they have KDE and uh, uh, GNOME and XFCE. I don't think the XFCE is up there right now. I think they have that under some type of uh, under construction or whatever. But that's just coming up to the environment where you're going to be installing from. Crawling from or... So, you know, if you're wanting to test it out without having to make changes to your device, um, the live environment is what you right. use. But that will be, when you're using the live environment, you're limited to either KDE, GNOME, or um, XFCE. If they have that, that, get back up there. Yeah. But but then uh, at that point, you can choose during the installation process any of these other desktops. So right. whatever flavor you like, apparently they have it. Yes. <laughs> and I um, want to say most of the Arch... Uh, distros do kind of have that ability. A, a lot of the ones that are using Calamaris um, the, as their installer. Or Calamari. Calamari. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, that, he called Calamari. I just, you know, think of the squid. But anyway. <laughs> um, and that's just the, the installing program. That's right. the program that'll go in and install it to your software. Or, that's, sorry, that's to your GUI hardware. Interface? The GUI interface. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, if you remember from our previous video, if you haven't seen it, go look at it. 
Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, so which one did you choose? All right. Obviously, I've been kind of on a KDE plasma <laughs> kick lately, so that's what I did. KDE KDE plasma, and that's what I've been using. So, <laughs> which one did you choose? Well, first, I was actually going to try something entirely different. I was going to use cute fish. Yeah. But I'm thinking either something with my software, or maybe just the installation um, went corrupt, or something like yeah. that. It every time I come into it. It looks great. It looks like a Mac, actually. It's kind of cool. And then I launch one application. doesn't matter what it is. And then everything's frozen. I can't click on anything. I can't move anything. And, I mean, I can move my mouse. That's about it. Yeah. But the UI, the user interface, the GUI, is completely locked up. So, uninstalled, reinstalled it, trying, thinking that that might have been the issue. Right, right, right. And it, it stayed on for an extra hour. Before locking up. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And so that made me think that this is maybe my hardware. It's a little outdated um, for Cute Fish. And just so you guys know, I, I went ahead and loaded the Cute Fish when he said that himself. And I and it, it loaded up on mine just fine. It was right. working okay. Now, granted, I didn't take it out hours and hours. But anyway, I, I just wanted to see if it was a hardware issue or not. So it might be a hard... Sometimes, yeah. sometimes there's... Usually... You, you'll be able to tell pretty quick with your thumb drives, but since you're not loading into that environment to start with, right. it, it may be that. So, But I ended up using Budgie, one of the ones that I um, do like. Um, the second choice that I might have made is KDE yeah. or Mate. Right, and I'm okay with all those, actually, and I'm okay with Cinnamon, too. I just, like I said, I kind of got used to this one. I can do GNOME. I like GNOME. Uh, it, it's just uh, you get used to the different tweaks of each one of those yeah that stops and you kind of get used to doing that like so. i like and there is no nothing that says i can't go find a widget for kde to um accommodate this but one of the things that i like about budgie is right at the very top left of my screen right on the wallpaper is showing my weather and right in the bottom <laughs> right of my wallpaper shows my um um system time and big bold white letters makes it real easy to see yeah <laughs> Uh -huh. In West Texas, you know, the weather always changes. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, being able to minimize all my windows before going to lunch and the rest of us are pulling out our phone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, KDE does have widgets for that um, very same project, but right. anyway. And, you know, with me, it's the K Runner. I love that. And I love the fact that you can take your windows and put them in different areas, you know, just by using the command arrow keys. I love that. It has the ability to do some of the, uh, I don't know if you call it tiling or panels. I think they call it panels. And you can actually split up your, your different screens and different things. So there's some things you can do that makes your desktop workable, I right. guess, if you're doing a lot of things and, at once. You know, and it all depends on you and your you know, preference. preference. Yeah. If you can work with that, great, you know, go and use it. If you, if you can, if that's not your speed, try something different, yeah. you know. And of course I use Belina Etcher for my, uh, uh, my USB creator and you used uh, Ventoy. Uh, used Ventoy again. Yeah. Yep. The cool thing about Ventoy, you'll have to say this, is the fact that once you set up that Ventoy thumb drive, then basically all you're doing is dragging that ISO yep. onto that thumb drive just like a regular thumb drive and then you just boot up that thumb drive works you know i still have to go through a couple extra steps that i don't really mind because i've done that yeah. a thousand times so it's not that and fully nature makes is actually a pretty fast um burner or image writer anyway yeah and it also goes back and verifies that it was installed correctly i love that which I, is something that something i overlooked before <laughs> i overlooked at that i overlooked it and you know now that you mentioned it our last time 
it's like, yeah, it does that, doesn't it? So yeah. just it's check, it's looking out for you. It's helping you out because you can load the whole thing and then <laughs> find out it all to do with a bad uh, download, if you will, or bad source at the time that you used it. And so again, you download the, the ISO that you want. You take that ISO and you burn it onto a thumb drive. You take that thumb drive, you boot up to the thumb drive by doing a, a going into your BIOS or usually they have a bootloader that you yeah. can change. And usually that's that's like F, well, escape all the way through F12, depending on which machine you have. Sometimes uh, there's a, a tab that people use too. But Most common ones that I've seen are F5, F6, F10. F8, F11, and F12. <laughs> <laughs> Rephrase. So, the ones that I had to do most frequently were F5 and F6. So my, my Dells and, uh, and really HP and Asus uh, seem to have. Yeah, but that's what it is. If you're wondering um, which one you need to hit, and it doesn't show it on the bio screen for look the, it up on the web page. three seconds, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look it up on the web page. Go into your um, manual. You, you don't do the slide up the function keys. <laughs> <laughs> and... and, and Honestly, that does work, but then the next time you do it, it's like you still don't know which key it is. So yeah, I used to hold F six, F eight, F eleven, and Escape all at once. <laughs> there, you know, whenever, especially when I got a new motherboard, which means a new way of putting right. into that. It's like, which one is it? Yeah, <laughs> anyway. ah, I made it. The yeah, other yeah. problem with that is if you do happen to do that way, you might go into the setup, and that's not exactly where you want to be. So I went. The file system I chose was just the <laughs> XS, F, F, sorry, XFS. There are so many acronyms in Linux. <laughs> so XFS. Now usually I do use the BTRFS, and that's something to do with the snapshots or time shifts and stuff like that. I like to use right. that. But this is their default. I went ahead and loaded their default. Um, it's working fine. Yep. Yeah. I'm using the the same filing system, and I'm like my dad. I would have used BTRFS if I um, differently. If I had this as my daily driver, BTRFS would have been the choice that I made. Um, nothing comes close to me <laughs> in that regard. Yeah. Um, Ubuntu usually uses. EXT4, um, that will be one of the classic yeah. ones that you yeah. see frequently. And that's a good one, too. There's yeah. there's nothing wrong with any of these kind of systems. Yeah. So, there, and, and part of it's just remembering, you know, if you're going to do snapshots or some of these other things, what kind of system do they have in place right. to be able to go back easily one step? <laughs> Especially, you know, if you're using these, what we were talking about before, if you have a constantly updating system, oh, you, geez, you yeah. can step back one i i didn't do that much at all never had to worry about that much and then um i want to say i had garuda <laughs> and then right after garuda i had tumbleweed oh yeah and i was like okay what do i do and i just you know go on the website you do this thing you roll back your thing you, you and to get it to save it you had to do a certain command and it went back to that desktop and stayed that and then i waited you know a little bit before i updated until they got that fixed and updated and did fine so so it's 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 just a fail safe if you will and i kind of like having those fail safes what about uh do we have any issues um the only issue there i only have two issues um the cute fish was one of them that was the <laughs> the biggest issue that i had so the cute fish wasn't all that cute no not, <laughs> not this time the other one that i have is i have issues with my system coming out of sleep or yeah and i do not know why? But I have this frequently with a lot of Linux. Um, so it's not just this Linux, perhaps. Yes, yeah, with yeah. A, a lot of them. And it's were they all Arch or just 
per chance. Per chance, honestly. Yeah. Okay. I, I've seen um, a DBM based like Ubuntu not give me any issues. I've seen Arch not give me any issues on certain ones. Like I believe Garuda didn't give me any of those issues. Um, but it's it's something that I, I'm pretty familiar with. I've seen it happen before. Unfortunately, yeah. I haven't yet gone in to actually figure out what the actual cause is to fix it. And there is people out there that probably have already done that. And know what it is. <laughs> and know what it, it is. And know I mean, how to Maybe they it. can comment and let you know. Uh, I mean, I had that a little bit going on with Void, but it was to do with when it came out of sleep, it would go into the extended display or mirror the display, you know, that that, that yeah. punch key or whatever, every time there for a while. But somehow that worked out eventually, and I don't know why. When it came out, it would just do that, you know. It went, And it wasn't consistent. And that, as a scientist, that bothers me. I want some consistency so I can solve that problem. And you can't solve that problem if it just happens every once in a while. But, right. But Void, was, other than that, was solid. I mean, it was just one of those weird things. Yeah. Mine had to do with Audacity. And um, so when I was working on the last episode that we went through, I was doing it, you know, I'm, we're serious. You know, when we, when we load up these uh, distros, we're going to be trying them as daily drivers. Yes, we have... Our, our backup sales based yeah. system that we're going to work on if everything else is, if we have to get work done. Okay. But I'm trying to do most of all my work. Uh, usually I mean, take it up to work with me and make sure the printers work and everything like that as well. Not just my printer here at home. And I can connect up there and do my notes and stuff. And, and most of the things I'm doing um, aren't going to be gaming or anything like that. I mean, I do do gaming here at home with it. But when I take it to work, I'm doing work. Right. I'm just. I just continue on my day like normal. Uh, outside of a couple of uh, Windows things I have to use in Windows, you know, that's what I try to use as much as I can. I mean, even my uh, desktop, which runs Windows 90% of the time there, the 10% of the time I have another, you know, Debian in this case, that I go to on my dual boot, even at work. And sometimes I need to dual boot because it's faster to go through Linux on certain networking things to me than it is to try to do the Windows stuff through there. But anyway, so we do that. So we go through there and we, we do things like that. So I'm actually do, re, doing some uh, audio, you know, our audio <laughs> here lately has been driving me nuts. But so I was I was trying to fix that. But for some reason, Audacity on the my laptop, the Casio OS, it was uh, not letting me put the pointer down for the line and, you know, marks where you're, where you're playing that voice, right? So you wouldn't see where you actually marked because it wouldn't put that line there for you. Never. And uh, so I thought just for a second, hey, let me, let me, I'm loading up in Wayland. I usually don't mess with this stuff either. You know, I just know Wayland is, is the more modern one. But and this is a Windows, or sorry, the, I don't know the name of it. <laughs> when, it's the, the part that builds the graphics that you're seeing, the GUI. Um, the way, so you have Wayland, you have X.org or X.org or X11. Yeah. Um, and, you know, continue on. I'm sorry. No, it, it's your desktop environments, window manager. Window okay. manager, that's the word. So it, it, it's placing the windows and drawing it up for you, basically. So it goes to, like, maybe a window server, if you will, and then bring it back. So, so you press the button, we want this reaction, and brings it up in the graphical form and the borders and all that stuff. So that's kind of what it's doing. But X11 has been around for a long, long, long time. Uh, 1987, we were looking at 1984, made the early parts of it. Right. And uh, Wayland's more of a newer type system. And I want to say everything's being shifted that way. Uh, once more stable, X11, 
one's newer and faster that's your wayland but i'm thinking that the system seems to be shifting that way now in all the linux communities so there may be a time that we won't even be able to do x11 but anyway i switched it from wayland to x11 on the load up and for some reason that fixed that problem and i was able to go on just fine so it's not anything that's messing with me right now really but i guess there'll be a time we won't have that choice so hopefully they get the bug out or we get everything figured out before that um but that's the only problem i had i yeah. you know and that was short you know so yeah, that's not I, you, any of these ones i haven't really run into no i, I have serious ones you know it's <laughs> like i cannot get this to work so well, that's i think that's the experience talking there dan i don't know about that you know i don't well, no. i don't feel like i got i i've been getting over the years, anything, I, you know, I like, would say you have, because, because you listen to these other guys on these podcasts and places and stuff. And it's like, those guys are ultra geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have any life except in code script, <laughs> Linux, hey, open hey, source, hey. <laughs> <laughs> go get a life, <laughs> go read a book. You know, and of course they'll read a book. It's going to be, you know, Linux 106 or something, you know, <laughs> anyway, what yeah. are the things that we liked about it? So, um, I enjoy the installer of choice, the the GUI um, installer, which I I call it Calamares. Yeah, he's Calamari. However you no. want to look at it. No, it is Calamares. You actually have spelled wrong here, but it is that. And yeah. I just tease with the Calamari, you know, because yeah. <laughs> it's just a weird name. But but it allows you to choose several packages to be installed during the actual installation. So yeah. you're not having to go into the um, let's say if you knew that you wanted LibreOffice. Fresh or LibreOffice. Um, uh, there's an, another version of it. I can't remember. Well, um, it's just LibreOffice Fresh or LibreOffice. Right. So one's more stable, one's a newer. Correct. Yeah. You know, more of the rolling release, right. uh, bleeding edge that we've talked about before. Um, that you can go ahead and choose that in in this installer, and it will install it. Not yeah. only that, you know, allows you to choose one of the very minimal amount of desktop environments there. Correct. Or, 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 or how much you put on there, correct. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, so that prevents some additional installation that you need to do after, you know, whenever it's done installing it for you, you go load up, it's already there. You know, that's a fantastic little thing. Um, the other one thing that I like about it is the Cache Hello. Um, Cache Hello, any, any of the distros that open up to Hello Screen really makes it a lot more user-friendly. Yes, it does. And they, they help you out, kind of guide you, direct you to... What you need to do, want to inst you want to update, you want to run this, you want to run that. But on the Cache Hello, it allowed you to choose a DNS provider. Yes. Domain name yeah. system. Um, and this makes it much simpler um, than going through the terminal or Wi-Fi settings or even editing a text file um, to do the same thing. Uh, this is important to me in particular as a father because I can, I can use something like Cloudflare, Cloudflare's um, family DNS or AdGuard's family protection, and it b blocks a lot of the adult sites, so I don't have to worry about my daughter or my son accidentally getting cool. into one of those. Excellent. You know, it AdGuard also blocks some of the ads. Now, this is a bonus. Uh, <laughs> it is a bonus to an extent because now people, um, some websites are going, "Hey, you've got a ad block. Well, you can't view our system until you disable your ad block." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and. Then, so you majority, to I don't your, have to worry your, about that. Your aluminum hat, your metal hat. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I mean, protecting your family is important. I mean, yes. there, there, there's worse things out there than than 
than people knowing where you're shopping and what, what brands you yeah. like and stuff like that. So there are some worse things out there. Uh, the Casio S, uh, hello, is awesome. It makes things easier, I think. Uh, the gaming, the gaming, they had a one command in terminal, sudo pacman-s casios-gaming-meta, and it loaded the Steam and Proton and Bottles and Lutris and Wine and several other things to help you with the gaming right off so you don't have to go out and load those things yourself. You, they had one line, and we'll put it in the notes, and you loaded up all your stuff for gaming. And the gaming is pretty nice on it. I was uh, enjoying playing that at the same frame rates with the same settings as I was with my vanilla arch load, if you will. And um, so that nice. works pretty good. Uh, I like the Nord desktop theme. <laughs> so it's kind of, and I'll put some screenshots out there when we go to edit this, and it has this nice little blue uh, lettering and blue stuff like that. It's, it's just cool looking, that's all. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's, sometimes it's the small things that make the, things. That yeah. make it um, grand, you know. And not, nothing against all the the larger things there you know yeah. but sometimes the large things are prevalent in most operating systems so you get these little little nuances that make cashy cashy and yeah. uh, not linux mint and makes uh ubuntu right ubuntu. so sometimes it's visual sometimes yeah. it's behind the scenes you know we were talking about behind the scenes stuff going on with the kernels and the and, and the, the way they, they tweak some of the stuff to make it work so and this is one of the ones that in the front and yes you can do some of these saves yourself. You went ahead and loaded Vanilla Arch, and you can work through it, and you can do whatever. Right. I'd like to get to that point where I can make my own desktop theme, if you will, and load all that script off every time, and it works like that. I'm not there yet. You so, want to know something? There is a, um, through GNOME, or sorry, not GNOME, uh, OpenSUSE, there's a builder where you can actually kind of make your own live installer. Yeah. Um, customized, so, you know, it's, Got the DE, any packages that you want. So something that maybe we'll do in one of these series, maybe we'll go ahead and build our own Linux um, system in some way and <laughs> test it out for Good a luck, bit. Jamie. I'm out of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe I'm going to, and then I'm going to force my dad to work on it. <laughs> yeah. The the thing is, um, there's some other things. You know, I kind of got hooked on this battery stuff and the lid closed and all that stuff. And, and I, I was talking to Jamie one night. I said, I think the Casio S was actually making better, better battery uh, on on my uh, laptop. And so I started timing it and checking it and stuff like that, you know. And then I went back to the Debian on the same laptop and tested it and stuff like that. And it turned out that the Casio S was actually giving me 30% more time on the laptop without plugging it in than the Debian was on the same laptop, the same desktop environment with the same settings doing about the same thing, which is mostly notes and, you know, looking through right. things on the web and, and, you know, just simple things like that. And um, I want to say I was getting somewhere around uh, three hours with the Debian and I was getting closer to five or a little bit over five with the, the Casio S. So about maybe three and something on the Debian and five something, which are we, since we were going back and forth on Discord, Discord on that, you know, I probably have the notes back on Discord just talking about that, but it did do about 30% better job as far as power management on the same settings than the Debian was on the same hardware. So, And we, we talked about Cache boasting about speed. Well, my Manjaro <laughs> doesn't load near as fast no. as Cache does. And I have it installed, both of these are installed on a solid state drive. Both right. of them have similar read-write speeds, so it's not the hardware that's causing the, the speed jump. It's whatever Cache OS is doing in the background 
for their um, device. Anyway, the only odd thing I noticed or awkward thing about Casio OS, when you went out to Casio OS Hello, there was a second page. And that's kind of cool. On that second page, you can go ahead and enable your Bluetooth if your Bluetooth wasn't enabled right. already. So you clicked on there. I found that after I already did the enabling through the terminal. <laughs> but the odd thing is you had a package manager on both that front page and the second page. One was on a dark screen. One was on a white screen. And one had just a little bit less uh, packages than the other one did. I don't know why that was, and this was totally different from Octopi, but you did have Octopi as well. Not anything totally off, but just just strange, that's all. Well, I didn't really notice anything awkward. I honestly didn't even notice that, so <laughs> good on you for <laughs> finding something that I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and rate this. Rating Casio OS. So, ease of installment, 1 to 10. I'd say that this one's an easily 9. Okay. Features, 1 to 10. Features? Oh, that was pretty good. Um, I, I put it up there in the 9, maybe 8, because it is a little bit on the streamlined side of things, so it doesn't have, like, the same things you would have in Garuda. Right. But the, still. What about the performance? Oh, how, 10. Okay. <laughs> easy. All right. Easy to use? It's, it's really easy. I, I haven't noticed any issues. Um, even that it has the... The GUI, the windowed um, versions of installers, so it makes it a little bit easier for you guys um, and for just about anybody to install things. Right. What about, um, so you give that a 10 for easy to use or a 9? I get it a 9. Okay. Just because there's also the, it's still Arch, so there are some... Just, <laughs> just a little bit, yeah, a little bit, we just... Uh, always, if you get into a problem, yeah, it seems to be a little bit harder. Although I would say, you know, the AUR does allow you to do a lot of things. Now that's not saying it's easy, but you know, it seems like I'm getting into this habit more when I'm using like, a, um, let's say like a, a Ubuntu based right. uh, system, you know, I can probably get everything I need with Flatpak if I had to go there. With Arch, I can get everything I need off of AUR. So... You know, I can build the packages that I need for almost anything that I'm going to use at any given time. So, I'm just kind of getting used to that. So, what about documentation and support? I believe that's way up there, too. I didn't dive too much into that. How much did you dive in on the documentation and support there? Uh, I, I got into it pretty deep on most of the stuff, and it seems like they had everything covered. Yeah. Um, it, it's just easy to go out there and find stuff. Like I said, that's where I found the graphics uh, line that was pretty cool for the, the, the gaming. gaming. It's like, yes. that's really cool. And that was all out there. And, they, and you know, they have Discord out there as well. And they have, um, I want to say Telegram and other things as well. So they have quite a few different places uh, that you can go to and a blog to work through as well. Um, I would give the ease of installation a 10. Uh, it's pretty easy to install. Features, probably eight, or, you know, they had a lot of extra features. That, uh, that gaming installation was awesome. That was cool. Yeah, I love and, that. And uh, the fact that you had the Bluetooth, right. even though you already figured out how to fix that for right, yourself. Right, right. Uh, performance, yeah, 10 out of 10. Easy to use, 9 out of 10. Again, same thing you were talking about, the Arch situation. Documentation, I'd give it a 9 out of 10. So, uh, let's see. We were trying to talk about a new way of kind of doing the overall rating on this. And I was thinking kind of a D&D &D term, if you will. So, like, if it's a, 
an easy type system as far as it's good for a, a beginner. I would put it as simple. And then we had, uh, what, central, if you will, or center or... Intermediate. Intermediate. Order. Okay. So intermediate for somewhere in between um, a beginner and an expert. And then, you know, we also have uh, experienced, you know, as for the one that was... Right. Knows their Linux forward and backwards pretty well. And then going down, you have stable, okay, and unstable. So with that said, um, I went ahead and rated this as an intermediate stable, which means that it could be, um, you know, a little challenging for the beginner, but it can still get it done with a little help from someone else, usually some guidance. But, you know, the experienced person shouldn't get bored with it either. They should right. be able to do pretty good with it and do things they want. The only, you know, like I said, is that little arch thing there, you know, the printer, let's go out and get the printer done. <laughs> uh, you know, just, just, you know, every once in a while, these little things um, happen. So I would call it, you know, intermediate stable. Right. That, that's my, that means as stable as it can be, but intermediately challenging to people. Right. So, um, are you willing to use it as a daily driver? Um, yeah, actually that happened. I went ahead and switched <laughs> my Debian on my Dell XPS, uh, the 2018 laptop, over to Cache OS, and it's still got Cache OS on it right now. Uh, this is my daily driver as far as laptops go. Uh, it's a touch screen. It has the, the bigger, you know, bigger than 1080 type uh, um, display on it. It has... Um, you know, it's a pretty fast computer. It has a graphics card in it that if you wanted to game, you could on it. It's not the one I usually use for gaming, but it is the one that I use probably daily. Right. Besides the Kabutatosh, which has been kind of nice to sit down, open it up, and type notes. I, I've heard people use different things for their notes, you know, pulling an old Commodore keyboard out, but it has other internals on it and things like that, you know. So right. that's kind of what that is, I guess. So, yeah. Um I, I would say I can use this as my daily driver. In fact, as far as the laptop, I am using it as a daily driver. So, if we're keeping score at home, <laughs> I have the Casio S, my 2018 Dell. I have Arch Vanilla on my uh, gaming laptop, which is an Asus Tough. I have Arch Vanilla on my desktop now because I recently changed that over. And, of course, I have the Kubuntu Touch, which is Kubuntu on the, the Mac, Mac OS, yeah, or, you know, the Mac book pro and then um well we do know uh, the, if i have a steam deck it, it does have steam os or arch on it as well, as well yeah. so we may have to change that on the discord you know on our profiles there and and uh speaking of discord we do have a discord uh, uh out there that yeah. you guys can go out and look at and talk to us on yeah please please come on see us talk with us we're on Facebook as well. And, of course, if you put a comment in our YouTube um, channel here, we'll reach out and talk to you guys about that um, with you as well on that. So, um, I, I would also use this as a daily driver. I have yet to install it full circle on my device as my dad has already gone and done so. But Right. Um, you, you have it on bare metal, but not the bare metal that's inside currently inside your machine yeah. i've got it on a spare um solid state drive on the outside and for the most part i boot into it i'll admit right. <laughs> but at the um present moment you know it's still manjaro that's the full in 
on metal, metal, metal inside the um, system there. Right. Is that on both your... What about your desktop? Were you running on that? I'm running Manjaro. Manjaro there as well. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, I don't have a laptop that I'm using at present. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. All right. Um, That's why I, I borrow your Kubuntu Tosh. There you go. <laughs> anyway, this is our verse of the day. So, Jamie, you have yep. the verse of the day today. So, um, today it's going to be Proverbs 21.17. It says, as sharpen... I'm sorry, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. That's in the New uh, New International Version. Um, well, this is really talking about your Christian brothers and sisters um, challenging you and helping you grow or help you helping others grow. Um, this is the disciples of Jesus teaching others to be disciples, but can also be applied in many other places. Linux is included. Linux, um, like my dad and I, we challenge each other on these things and we hope to challenge you all as well to grow, and we hope that you guys challenge us um, with this too. So, um, as we're going through all these different um, operating systems, we're um, coming across new challenges that we haven't encountered because, um, you know, if you stay in one spot, you get stagnant. Um, it challenges us to learn something new, try something different. Right. So. Right. Um, and makes us sharper in the Linux industry, the open source industry, because of it. So, so just like we can study the Bible and help each other understand the Bible even better, we can also do that with our Linux stuff that we're doing as well, or anything in life. You know, uh, we're we're made to help each other in the world, not 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 hurt each other. We're supposed right. to be lifting each other up, encouraging each other. So remember that as we go out in the world today, and and no matter who we're working with or or talking to, that that yeah, uh, we're supposed to be. Uh, in fellowship with each other. Uh, let's talk about the next distro. We had a few on the list, uh, Spiral Linux. Uh, we were talking about uh, Clear Linux earlier, uh, Sparky Linux and Alpine and Seduction and Arco. There's a whole mess of them we can do. What about BROS or Bros? Bros OS. <laughs> I like that. I, I don't think that's what they call it, but. <laughs> yeah, BR-OS Linux. And that's probably what we're looking at to go to the next one. And there's several on the list that we could try. So it's yeah. not like uh, there's a shortage right now. There's one over oh, 100. Yeah. So just on the on the distro watch that we're talking about, distrowatch.com. But there's even more than that that don't even make it on that list. So there's several out there. You know what? We should, um, next time, we should put it on a little spin wheel. And just and spin it. Spin it and let it, uh, <laughs> let it choose for us. But yeah, um, Bros OS is a, going to be a Debian-based um, Ubuntu system, is, um, and they are from Brazil. Cool. So. All right, so we're going to do a little bit of uh, ter ter terms in Portuguese. <laughs> anyway. Uh, got to right. brush up in on the Portugal there, huh? <laughs> in closing, remember to love God, love your neighbor, keep your mind sharp, and also your computer with Linux and open source. Love you Thanks guys. Take us. care. Bye.